times a charm, right? Exactly. Getting this stupid <laughs> intro going. Oh my god. Speaking of stupid, Hall of Fame. Ba-dum-tsh. Sorry, that's a layup joke. Um, I don't know how Tom Barrasso can get in over Chris Osgood. Like, I don't know what's going on there. Like, I don't. I can't really name something super significant in Tom Barrasso's career. I think he won the Calder at one point. Cool. Did he win two Stanley Cups? Did he? Pretty sure. All right, cool. Ozzy won what four? Three. 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 Yeah. Uh, no McGillney either. I mean, that's like the that's the probably the most egregious one. Pretty nuts at this point. No Curtis Joseph. Um, no Zetterberg. I mean, obviously, first year being available, so I'm not. I'm biased. So I'm a little upset about it, but yeah, I don't know. Their decisions are always the weirdest thing to me. Like Pierre Turgeon is an interesting one to me. Actually, he should be known as Dominic Turgeon's father. That's how that should go. Um, that's true. Yeah, that's more notably known for that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, congrats to Mike Vernon. Ex-Red Wing, fought Patrick Waugh, so pretty cool there. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say Like on the Hall of Fame. I thought it was just an interesting a little uh, start, uh, and they always make some interesting picks every year. So congrats to Mike Vernon. But uh, welcome to another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. Uh, he's back. I'm the prodigal back. son has returned. How you been? Uh, busy. <laughs> Very it's been busy. Like a, it's been like a month. I, was, I, think. I think it's longer than that. I think it's like almost <laughs> a month and a half too. <laughs> like I don't even know what. Like, was the season still going on the last time? Oh, no, I think the regular season was like just ending. Amazing. Maybe maybe a couple of games in the first round were played or something like that. I can't I, I I think it was like early to middle of the playoffs. It, I don't know. If anything, it couldn't have been anything like. Maybe past the first round, like after, maybe after the first round or a couple series. Golf season starts in Andy's nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a place to be found. <laughs> it's just not, not for it's, us. Just, just not on Zoom. That's what. That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, connection's not good on fourth line in center. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this episode we're gonna talk uh, some off season, a lot of off season talk. Uh, Eisman met with the media yesterday so we'll touch on that um alex debrinkit continues to be a hot name but there's a new contender in town his name's travis connectney and that seems to be heating up a little bit is that something we'll touch on that um ufa goalies as we finish the the third position that we'll be looking at in free agency um some interesting names there and also eisman touched on that in his presser and potentially looking at a couple mock drafts around the league um but start with the eisman presser um <laughs> to sum it up uh he said i might do some things i might not i he talked for over an hour and that's basically what it came to be isn't that incredible like how you can talk that much and not say anything yeah i don't even know why they had a like press conference i mean there was really nothing to talk about to begin with that he would say i you'd think he they'd wait till after like round one or the whole draft but i mean at that point i think maybe because free agency is so close to the draft that's the only thing yeah. i can think of that maybe they weren't gonna have one right away but after like night one maybe they usually no, they always do one after night one i, they I don't do, know they it do just, one after night two too they do one after day two too but you would think maybe this year they won't because it's gonna be so busy right away maybe like not that they talk to players before free agency starts, right? Oh yeah, no, never. Um, That's illegal. But I mean, we did, we did, we did not know that Jack Campbell was signing a five by five deal three weeks before. Nope, nope. But I think basically what I gathered from the press conference was that he answered some questions that really didn't mean anything. <laughs> There were a couple things we could read into. I really liked. Um, there was comments about like trades and whatnot. Like I, the when he got asked about like, are you planning to make both your picks? He says like, oh, what was the exact quote? I have it here. Um, 
Oh my god. He said it? I anticipate making pick 9. Yeah, yeah, as as it sta- as we stand here today, I plan on using the 7 the I Okay, he plans on drafting 9, but then he in terms of the 17th pick, he says as we stand here today, I plan on using the 17th pick on the first night of the draft. I love that quote because you could read that in a few different ways. I plan on using it. Never said selecting. Could be trade, it could be picking it. Yeah. That's, that's fun. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he leaves himself open. It leaves him leaves him open to both ways. So I I get it. It's fun. It's fun to say the least. But uh I mean the most interesting ones, what I do actually before I go into like the one I found most interesting. I didn't love, again, I know there's probably a lot of questions bouncing through people's ears and stuff like that, but nobody asked a single question about returning UFA, like guys that are unrestricted free agents. Yeah, I thought that was a little bit odd. Like Pew Suter was never brought up once. There's not like a ton of like high end names, but I mean, you got guys like Pew Suter, you have Alex Chason who had a really red hot end of the season. And even you can throw in like Pissick in there. He's technically a Detroit Red Wings UFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could just ask a general question. Are you planning to bring back any of your UFAs? Mm-hmm. I know Sean Shapiro, which credit to him, I did. He, I This is where I found interesting. Like, he kind of went into the goalie things. Basically, read into that, like, Helberg and, and Ned aren't coming back. Yeah, he basically said as much. I mean, without saying it, like, he said, we'll look at all our options, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank God. But that was like the only Major time that was like anything UFAs were brought up. It's kind of so that was interesting to me. But in terms of like trades and whatnot, Eisman kind of went into like his like philosophy and what he looks for in a player. And right now, like it really seems like he wants a guy who could be here for a long time and fits the age range of the core, like behind Dylan Larkin, who is age twenty seven. So if they're if they're not if they're above that age and they're not going to be here a long time, he hasn't really viewed that as making sense for the team. Yeah, which I mean, I think that's kind of what we all kind of expected. I think unless like obviously if they're like a gap filler, like kind yeah, of yeah, that's yeah yeah that's different. Which is a good yeah, yeah. And then the, the other one that oh go ahead. The other interesting one was the RFAs. I don't know. Um, basically he. The RFAs are Lindstrom, Luff, and Valeno, right? Is that it for NHL players this past year? Yeah, and you have a bunch of uh, Grand Rapids like, guys, but yeah. Yes. Um, and he basically said that I anticipate to sign more than one of those guys, which is interesting. And I know the rumor was early this, right after the season, basically, that Lindstrom was going back to Sweden. I yeah, I still think that happens. I still think that, that happens even, too. Was that even going on in like the middle of the season? Like the guy's uh, no, no, it was right right at the end of the right year. Right at the end of the right year. At the end. But that would mean if he he basically said he was pretty sure that he's gonna sign it more than one of those guys. So I would mean Valeno and Love if that's true on Lindstrom. I mean that's a lot of speculation, but um that speculation rumor. season. It is speculation. You let season. it. You let it fly, dude. Let it fly. Whatever you want to say. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. Yeah. Andy, you look nice today. Thanks. <laughs> Appreciate that. Little pick me up. Um, but yeah, like there was like the his comments and like again with the trading, like he kind of made the comment of handing out eight year deals. And saying how some of them work out, but for the most part, if we really look at it, a lot of them don't work out. So that, really was, that was awesome. I love that. Yeah. So he kind of was like weighing that out and like he's careful about that. And then people were really trying to like <laughs> um, push him towards the Debrinkit situation without saying Alex Debrinkit. People are scared of Iserman. Yes, they did not blatantly say it, but like any saying, other any other GM, I feel like they would have got right to the point. Maybe I don't think you can directly say a player's name, though. You know what I mean? Like that's a tough spot, but yeah, basically said like they asked him about trading in division, his thoughts on that, and 
the quote was, today I'm going to make the best deal possible for the Detroit Red Wings. If that's in our division, I may have a more a few sleepless nights over the course of the year, but I've still got to make the best deal for the Red Wings regardless. Which is the right attitude. Yeah. We like to hear that. Obviously, like, for example, Pierre Dorian might not feel the same thing. Like, he might have a little tax there. Again, they're kind of in a similar spot. I mean, but... you look at, like, even Tyler Bertuzzi, he made that trade earlier. I know it's not the same because Tyler Bertuzzi wasn't under contract for more than a year. Right. But, I mean, they could still resign that player, and that's because of Iserman. Yeah, it's good Making point. that trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, 100%. And, I mean, Boston can think the same way because they gave up a first-round pick that can turn into something pretty great. You never know. Yeah, there's risk with any trade, but yeah. Exactly. exactly. I know it's overhyped, but again, like the division thing to me is like it's a bit overhyped at this point in the sense of how little teams actually play against each other over a course of a season. Yeah, I mean. At most, it's four times. The biggest thing I think about when in team trading, which is a bad comparison because the NFL is so much different than the NHL. Like you play your division opponents twice a year, but like the Lions traded TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings this year. Yep. Because they just didn't use him in their offense. And they were like, we're not going to be able to, or we're not going to want to pay him all this money, which is pretty similar to the Tyler Bertuzzi trade. Um, Tyler Bertuzzi wasn't seen as part of the plan. Neither was Hawkinson. Both gets traded. And then those sleepless nights happen, but you get as much back as you can. Yep. That's true. That is true. Let's kind of move off that, kind of going into the I what's gonna be the end up being the juiciest, what everyone kind of wants to hear is the the two players that are kind of we were, uh, referenced earlier. Um kind of touch on Debrinka quick because this is like the third week we've talked about him. Um it seem it seems like the reports are saying that's gonna be wrapped up before the draft. Um that's what they they want. And also um I believe it was um LeBron reported that Dorian views 2024 firsts just as valuable as first this year, which I thought was interesting in Detroit's case. Yeah, I think if you're Detroit, you rather trade a 2024 first. Yeah, definitely. No what, you already, I, I think this draft class is pretty darn deep, and I'm sure you have something in your mind. Like you've already planned out picking pick 17. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely players you've probably fallen in love with at that area. And I think to be able to give up one of your first next year, which uh, possibly both those picks could. This is optimistic, Grant, which does not come up very often. Possibly both those picks could end up being worse than pick 17. There's a possibility. I don't yeah. think it's likely. But you could be looking at like eighteen back to the tw- low twenties, especially the Bruins pick, mm-hmm. right? And I anticipate Detroit to be right around, hopefully anywhere from thirteen to like twenty, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. Um, <laughs> but if you look at it that way, like the Bruins pick should definitely be worse than the seventeenth. Right. I would think. Like if you can get away with giving up that twenty twenty four first, in a in a hypothetical deal for Alex to bring it, with whatever else they want, which I don't anticipate that being all that much. I don't think you're able to not pull the trigger on that. Yeah, yeah, that de- definitely, and also like Frank Saravelli reported on um, it's the coming in hot sends podcast. I think it was. The one with Bobby Ryan. I can't remember what the name of it is. Um, he used the example of Zadina plus 17 as like a package that they're kind of like in the ballpark for. <clears throat> Which for me yeah. is an easy yes. That's an easy yes for me as well. <laughs> so maybe it's more than that because I feel like that's not exactly fair. But again, I don't know. Depending on what else is being offered by teams like Dallas and stuff like that. Because I know it was uh, Sean Shapiro reported that. Detroit and Dallas are kind of like both two teams that he for sure is greenlit extensions for. Dallas is really interesting to me because I feel like their problem is not goal scoring. 
it's more of their back end of their defense is their biggest issue right now. And the horrible contracts that Sagan and Ben have. Although Sagan played really well down the stretch, like he's still not worth all that. And Jamie Ben is definitely not worth all that. He had a good year though. Like regularly see, not nine million dollars good, but good year. He had a fine year. I guess my scored 33 goals. Mind is a little bit tilted from the playoffs. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and I don't like the player, so yeah. Therefore, um, but you got to think about Dallas too. You have an influx of youth still coming in, while you already have a really good team. Like, do you really want to give up on assets or take away space for young players on ELCs right away? Like, you got Stankoven. And Johnston, obviously. And then you have Maverick Bork coming in sooner than later as well. Like, Stankovin's probably going to be on the team next year. That kid's a stud. Mm-hmm. I think for them, they should be really worried about defense. After Heisken, and I really don't, and Harley, I really don't believe in what they're cooking. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually, I like Esselandel too. I don't think he's fabulous. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. They need another, another, they need like a number three defender. Two or three. Yeah. Andy. Heiskin's an elite number one. Definitely. Andy, I want your opinion on DeBrinkit. In terms of Um, like fit in Detroit, how much like would you pull the trigger kind of like that? If it's like the deal you just said with for a first and like the 2024 first and um, Zadina pulling it every day of the week and twice on Sunday. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's interesting because, like, after he left Chicago, like, I don't know, he just didn't gel well there, like in Ottawa. So I don't know. I'd be, I'd be weary of it a little bit, but I'd still, that's what a 30, 40 goal scorer guaranteed typically in your lineup. Yeah. So, and that's, really something the wings need so i would argue position tag but i said i would argue it's detroit's biggest need right now is goals exactly yeah so like depending on what he wants for term and money wise it'd be pretty much a go like an 80 90 percent go 10 percent kind of be held offish kind of type of deal yeah, because there's definitely like downsides to Brinkett. Like you can make the yard like uh, size isn't the biggest worry for me, honestly, with Brinkett. It's more so like how he puts up points. He's a power play merchant, which I mean, granted, like the Red Wings still really need that. Like he he's able to put up a bunch of points in the power play. Like he's a really big goal scorer there. I don't love like sometimes like how do I say it? Like some of his like be able to generate within the zone. Mm-hmm. He does find soft spots really well, but in terms of like being a driver, that's where like my he's, concerns. He's are not being. a driver, right? No, he's really good on the inner slot, and yes, scoring from outside with space. Like his shot is so dangerous. He's he's like the best comparison to him in the NHL, who's literally twenty two, is Cole Caulfield. Like I think they're pretty similar players. Yeah, I would agree with yeah. that. I think he's really good off the rush. He's really good inner slot and like outskirts with space. But no, he's not a play driver. Which then you have to kind of value and if you like again with Irishman's comments of like giving seven or eight years and big money too. Is that someone you want to be locked up to that point? Yeah, how how stable is Alex Debrinkit gonna be for eight years when it comes yes. to production like do you think he's gonna put up 60 points for eight years Uh, at eight million that would be a tough one to swallow a little bit if it's 60 if it's only 60 points a year i'm saying is he gonna put up at least 60 points essentially i would think so you would think think so i personally this is me i'm willing to take that bet i'm just trying to play devil's advocate a little bit there's definitely a risk don't get me wrong like it's not like this is the easiest gung-ho yes let's do it but, like, personally, I think Brinkett brings something Detroit desperately lacks, goal scoring. You can work around yeah. that. 
I think if you put him with the right line, like for example, I think like playing with Dylan Larkin, who could open up space in the offensive zone and getting a playmaker on that line, like someone who's a really good puck distributor. I also that's Raymond. Think Larkin's a really good puck distributor. Yes, um, underrated, yeah. And a really good play driver. Like if you look at like a an interesting one to me, I know like obviously you shouldn't be talking line combinations, but before a player is even traded or <laughs> Knowing a player is even traded, a guy that would really intrigue me to play in a line with Debrinket would be Michael Rasmussen. Yeah, yes, because I've about that as well. He creates so much space, which in turn creates so much offense. I mean, if you look at the big scheme of things, I often go back to this, but when Cop Peron and Ras were put on the same line that line had so much success offensively and a lot of it came from off the forecheck because of Rasmussen or him just like messing everything up in the D zone for the other team. Like he was so, yeah, so yeah. dominant down low. He'd get the puck to pair on and then we'd play around with it for a while. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the cycle, but, and cops, cops really good at that too. Like exactly. Yeah. You talk about Dabrinkit finding soft spots really well. Like you just think about Rasmussen creating so many loose pucks, and then you have a distributor like Larkin, for example. Mm-hmm. Like that's just so dangerous. Yeah. It really I'm, is. I'm with you on that. I, I'm not big on like power play merchants. Like I don't love the idea of having like the way the New York Rangers are built. I hate that team. I hate the team build up front. Yep. All all of their star players are basically power play merchants. That's Aside from struggle. Adam Fox. I'm talking about forwards. Okay, yeah. Adam Fox is Sorry. a stutter. Yes. Um, and even like Mika's advantage, he's fine five on five, but like I would say he's a special teams merchant because he's a freak in the penalty kill. So is Kreider. But mm-hmm. Sometimes five on five, they're really not doing much. Um, a lot of times, I'm, they'd be getting shelled. I'm really not, not that worried about that currently with the Red Wings. It's not like you're packed with star players who are just power play merchants. And I think Debrinkit is more than just that. I think he's. Oh, I think so too. He's, he's got really good qualities, and if he's paired with the right players, he'll be very successful. Yeah. You look at Chicago. I mean, not all of his points are on the power play there. No, I, yeah, I think this year was a little bit different because a lot of his assists were coming on the power play, but he was also playing a lot on the power play, so it's like... And if you look at who he was playing with at 5-on-5, five five, like a lot of times he was with Pinto and... It was and it was really inconsistent because yes. they had players in and out of the lineup too. Yeah, it was Pinto oh. and like either Batherson or I don't know, Broussard was sometimes on that line too, which was interesting. So, I mean, you kind of look at it that way. It was, it was kind of a... It was a tougher year for him, but... Um, yeah, it's like, it's like I said, he has to be with the right players and feel at home to for it to be successful at home. <laughs> exactly. If anyway, nobody, nobody can see, but I'm, I'm winking. You see, cause yeah, I don't know if he has, it hasn't been reported or anything, but I don't he grew it. up, he grew up a Red Wings fan yeah. from Michigan. I, I don't know. Like Andy, also, I don't know if you missed it as well, but Zach Rowinski and Dill Narkin were roommates in college. Are they? I don't know. If you, I don't know if you knew that. How did you get this? How did you get this info? Uh, I just, I just read it one day. It was crazy. Scott I, don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hear it on the Valley broadcast four times last year or anything, or the four years before that, and all that fun stuff. Wow. But um, moving nice along, I think this is kind of a, uh, and then you kind of move into today with <clears throat> Travis Konechny. Um Friedman bomb about nine and a half minutes into today's episode of 32 thoughts, 32 thoughts podcast. They're talking about Philadelphia at the draft and they oftentimes when they get like little scoops, Friedman will record something the morning that it's about to come out and they, he sends it into Amal Delich who edits the podcast and quick little interlude. And I was listening today at work and all of a sudden it cuts in and all of a sudden he says, uh, Wonder if Detroit is one of the teams looking into Konechny. He fits exactly what they're looking for and has some term. So I, my heart like dropped quickly because I was like, what? 
I didn't like I didn't read what was on the docket because usually you can like look at the show notes and say, here's the timestamp of everything. I didn't read it, right. so I had no idea what was happening. And I was like, oh my God. Kind of make maybe heart jump a little bit, but uh very interesting. And I he said connecting with someone I wrote about um I think like a couple weeks ago, Grant and I we we talked about connecting as a potential guy. Um and I wrote about, about him like a year ago. <laughs> we did talk we did, you're right, we did talk Remember, about him. I was, back I was all drum. over him. We're back in the drum for a while. Um yeah. so definitely in interesting, and I know like uh Anthony DeMarco as well from the fourth period also reported that um Detroit was interested in Konechny. And there's been a lot of smoke in Philadelphia. Uh, it sounds like Breer wants another first round pick this year. Detroit has two of those, which obviously is appealing. And, um and if I can just add quickly, there's a lot of smoke around Detroit even this year compared to years previous. Like from it's smaller reports like obviously they're not the leakiest franchise so like stuff doesn't come out as it seems as much but there's a lot more than years previous that it seems even i know per david is all over it (laughs) which we all have our opinions about but per david it's just interesting nonetheless no it is interesting it's fun it's fun, at the very least. I know Frank Saravalli also reported that like Kevin Hayes was also like linked to Detroit a while back ago. I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, the Philadelphia writers, I read someone else that like Lawton was also a guy that like the Red Wings potentially have interest in, which stylistically makes sense. I don't know if the price is going to make sense for Detroit because I mean he's a oh he's a middle six forward who's going to probably and he's on a really good contract and it's going to cost him a little bit more. I think he makes sense for like a contending team. Not so much Detroit at this point. The only argument I have with Lawton is, which I think he's a better player for sure, but I think they do some similar things. Why not just re-sign Pew Suter? Oh, he's he's better than Pew Suter. I know he's better, but I know like the offensive capabilities on the penalty kill. That's similar. Yeah. In my in my mind. I think Lawton's a very, very good defensive forward. Um, and I think he has more offensive upside. And yeah. I think he's a lot grittier is the big thing. Yeah, there's a lot um, to like about his game. What what I'm getting at, I'm not saying that they're same the same player. I'm just saying what in terms of compensation. Would you rather give up a first round pick for Scott Lawton, which is a reported price, and they've already declined? This was the rumor. I can't remember from who. It was Friedman. It might have been Friedman that they've declined first round picks already on Lawton because they want more. Would you rather give up, like, let's say pick 17 for Scott Lawton or resign Pew Suter? I mean, the answer in my head is pretty That's obvious. An easy, that is an easy one. Yes. That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I yeah. not comparing the players. Lawton's a heck of a player. Now, what gets interesting for me is, would you consider a two, a twofer? As in Konechny and Lawton. I would if the price is right. Okay. Would you, Andy? Uh. <laughs> He's connect- he just sent a message saying his connection yeah. cut. It's some technical difficulties. You back? Can you guys hear me good? Yeah, yeah. there he is. Did you did you okay, hear right. it? It was just cutting out left and right. No, I heard something like, would you do this, Andy? But that's all I heard. Would you <laughs> do a two for a two for trade with uh Scott Lawton and Travis Connecting, or would you be interested in? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I love any... Travis connecting enough just to <laughs> like those are two players that the Wings could use, well, need and could use yeah. throughout the lineup. So for the right price, obviously, yeah. And what would your estimated price be on that? I guess because I think Konechny would be a first, second, and possibly young roster player or prospect. And then you add in Lawton, who was reportedly wanted for a first. But I think maybe if you're getting a two for one, maybe yeah, it would get a little cheaper. 
maybe. I don't even know. Or would that don't include know. a 2024 yeah, first? Maybe, yeah. I just don't know if you want to put all your eggs in one basket if you're Detroit in that one. If you're like going for right. a cup run, I think that that's a move that makes sense. But for right now, like you're still trying to build towards the future. Um, I don't think that's a move that makes sense. Yeah, personally, for for like that price, obviously, like if you get the player, like it's cool. it's it's gonna be steep if you're doing it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but to kind of stick on Konechny, um, I know like for me, like I guess like we kind of look at it right now, like they're in for two players, both. Really good, se- or I mean, well, Connecty had a really good season. Debrinket had a good season the previous year. Uh, Connecty had what 31 goals, 30 assists in 60 games. Yep, fill it up for on a, on, on a not good team this year, which is really good. Um, I know people were like, Well, Connecty's older, he's nine months older. Um, that argument's crazy, yeah. No, it's that's something, uh, it's not something I'm worried about. I guess I kind of want to, um, I kind of want to look at comparing the two to bring it connecting. Who'd you rather? I'll start. I'll start with you, Grant. I think the, I think I would rather to bring it. Ultimately it would depend on the price. The only downside to to bring it. I don't know if that I would want to give him an eight year by eight plus million dollars. Right. So yeah. I think the idea of a Konechny for maybe probably a pretty similar price. I don't I don't know exactly what a price for Konechny would be compared to Debrinkit. I'd assume they'd be pretty similar. I just know he's on a two year deal for five and a half million, which is kind of a bargain. Not kind of. It is a bargain right now. Where Debrinkit, you're going to have to pay probably at least 64 million over eight years right away. So I think that is the biggest debate at hand. I think both are really good goal scorers, which the Red Wings need. And I think Konechny fits the mold of the Detroit Red Wings better. Bertuzzi-esque. Bertuzzi-esque. My big comparison has always been, and you guys know, is Robbie Fabry, except he does every single thing a lot better than Robbie Fabry, is what he reminds me of. He's grittier than Fabry. He's like more physical. He's a better goal scorer. He has better hands and he's smarter. And I love Robbie Fabry. And I say this every time this is not a slight on Robbie Fabry. I'm just a huge Travis Kankney fan. And Mm -hmm. I think he's such a good player. He's a, he's a good 200-foot player. He is. That's the only thing that I hesitate about is I think Travis Konechny is a much better fit for the team. If they're really yeah. looking for goal scoring, I think he fits just the mold a lot better and what, what the style they want to play. I think Debrick Kid's a little bit of a floater, but he's such an elite talent. Andy, who would you, I'll phrase the question to you. Who would you rather in a trade? It's connecting a hand over foot, in my opinion, just because of those reasons. Like, tough. He brings grittiness. He does a little of everything. Grittiness. He can score. He can. He's defensively responsible majority of the time. I mean, you know, definitely more than Dabrinkit, in my opinion. And he can play power play. Has been time on the penalty kill. And I don't know. He's just. He's just yeah. Fits the mold, in my opinion, a lot better too. It's. If I'm a GM, I'm taking Konechny over to Brinkett in that sense for as a team stance, overall team fitting. If, I, if, I, if all I needed was goal scoring and then power play help, okay, then that's different. The biggest thing but, I think of with like this conversation is how many perimeter players can you have that are scared to go or like timid-ish to go to the inside and like drive to the dirty areas? Exactly. I mean, who are who do the Red Wings have so far? I would sit Bergeron would be in that mix. He's a perimeter player, and he's damn good at it. Debrinkit would probably be classified as a perimeter player. Like I think he he finds the inner slot, but you're not going to find him in front of the net very often unless there's a loose puck, which is the same for like a Bergeron type. 
I just think Connect needs a lot more of a run and gun, and I find myself just changing my answer to Connect over Brinkett. And I just think the cap that's going to have to be pushed towards the Brinkett so early when you have all these young draft picks that you don't know what you have and you don't know how much you're going to pay them, how much you're going to have to pay them. It's scary, kind of. That's, that's a big factor, too. That's a big factor, too, is um, you have that two-year deal or two years left on his deal to figure out if he does actually put the mold in Detroit or not. That, too. I just think, essentially, you're looking at... cap. You're looking at Debrinkit, right? And you're asking yourself, what if we sign him 8 by 8 which is what he's going to want, and he puts up another season like he did? And that's kind of the new norm for him without Kane. Yeah. It'd be an, it'd be an overpayment for sure. It's a valid um, question. It is a valid question. It's also a possibility. My thing is, I think I'm still to brink it because of his elite shooting talent. I think he's an elite shooter. He's one of the best shooters in the he's league. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I also like Andy's point is, is big with the sense of connecting. He has two years left. But I think that's also a factor against getting him because then you have to make a decision almost in a year of right. Cause that's when you can extend him. It's almost right. like, and I know the cap's going to go up. So, I mean, cause he's going to be asking for what to bring get money after. And then he's going to be yeah. 28 at that point when you give him an eight, seven or eight year deal. That is true. So if yeah. you look at it from the sense you're locking up to bring it through, he's 32 or 33 connected. You're looking at 35, 36. So yeah, that is it's, that is a big difference. Yeah. It's it's a difference in that sense. Again, I'm still willing. I love I love both players. I do yeah. agree in the sense of I think stylistically, Konechny does fit better in Detroit. I don't um, think that's much of a debate either. I no, think it is. Konechny is a really good fit. But uh, the coaching staff of the Red Wings really seemed at the end of the season to want to change for a more offensive system. And who knows? I think if you get the right players along with Debrinkit and also the right system. I think it could be the perfect system for to bring it. We don't know this at this point. We're basing it off. Right. We're basing off our information off of last year, right? Yeah, and that's that's part of the master plan that we don't get to see. So exactly. So on the surface, I yeah. I agree with you guys. I still going yep. off of talent, and I think to bring it has more offensive talent than Konechny, but I do love Konechny's game. Again, I would be very happy with either player, but I'm kind of looking at it from a long scale. I I would rather have to bring it locked up at eight years, and you can play the game of. The cap's at this right now. This is what you're going to make. But then in a couple of years, he could be making whatever, 8.25 when the cap's at like 100 million, which would be pretty right, yeah. good. Versus where connecting. Depending years, depending where he's at. Depending where he's at. Definitely. Again, you're always going to have a risk with a player like that, though, right? Yeah. Because again, connecting is a 60, 70 point guy right now, too, and he might be asking for the same. We don't know. Yeah. On on a bad team too, sixty. On a bad team, high. so I mean, yeah, who right. knows what happens? Yeah, it is a very interesting debate, but yeah, Konechny is a fun one. And again, we've been talking about that, Andy. Like we remember last year. I remember last year we were banging the drum of like sending them. We were trying to get uh, Sandheim too. We we're trying to get yeah, both, Travis, both Travis, Travis, for, Travis squared. Yeah, I wanted to get rid of her for, for Sandheim. Yeah, we, we wanted right. the two, we Phillip wanted the, Phillip the two Phillips. Travis. Yeah, the Phillips squared for Travis squared. Yeah, that would have been fun. I would have liked that a lot, but uh, unfortunately, Chuck Fletcher is no longer the GM in Philly, so that can't that can't be a reality. So How about Connecting's not coming for one Philip? No, no. But I mean, if you look at it in the sense of okay, I was kind of thinking about this earlier too. If you if the trade is like, um, if the package ends up being what fans have been mocking or whatever, it's like seventeen. Um, let's say the Canucks second round pick. And Zadina, so you basically be trading Hronik and Zadina for Konechny. Would you do that? Probably. Yeah, I think I would be. I'd be there too. Yeah. So it's kind of like another way to, you can you can look at it. Yeah. In that sense, but uh very interesting. And again, Philadelphia is such an like Briere's really like he's not messing around. I love it. Wheeling no. and dealing. If I'm a Flyers fan right now, I'm pumped. This is a thing that like. Another quick note on Konechny is if the Islanders pick is the one that ends up going to Philly in a hypothetical trade, he'd technically be part of a trade package for his second cousin. 
Because Bo Horvitz is second cousin. I did not know that. Interesting, right? Andy, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> that's a terrible <laughs> joke I will not read out loud. <laughs> oh my god. Incredible. Brad, props I couldn't you, resist myself. No, Thanks, that's, that's, that was great. Um, but anyway, kind of going back into like the Flyers and stuff like that, like you look at it from the Red Wings rebuild, like when it first started under the Holland administration, the Red Wings didn't really have prime pieces they were able to move for firsts. Like I remember being pumped about the Thomas Tatar trade. That was like a really big one in the rebuild. The, the Flyers can get rattle off a bunch of them like that. But they've yeah, already done they it. They've already lot. done it for Provorov. They're about to do it for Konechny. If they get it for Lawton too, I mean that's a bunch of first round picks coming back right there. And who knows if if they retain on Hayes? Who knows what they're going to get back with him either? Right, that could be a big, or even even pieces like prospects that are coming back the other way too. It doesn't even have to be a exactly, pick. dude. It speeds things up so much more. Like they did it with the they pulled the trigger on Drew. They ended up getting Tippett, who could be a solid middle six guy for the future. Right, I really liked his game last year for sure. Yeah, um, I think he will end up there. But again, for a market that's like been wanting this for so long like they're they might it might end up being like not as long as like what people may be thinking like when you look at like traditional rebuild like the red wings had it tough yeah they had to they had to really string it out here and i, I look at cutter goche is such a big piece for them like he could end up being so damn good he's a stud he's a stud he's, he's their stud. only untouchable player is according to frank saravalli as he should be yeah but i mean okay. you think they, they have good young pieces already like they don't have any like elite elite ones, and I mean we didn't even mention Carter Hart. That one could be a really big piece. Too. That could be a really big piece. Be a really big one, but yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, by the time we record next, I mean we could now, right? That's kind of crazy to think about because we'll be recording. I mean, a, from a week from week from today is the draft day one. Oh yeah, that's right. Isn't time that crazy flies, to think about? Yeah, time does fly. Connor Bedard of the Red Wings. Confirmed, yeah, trade up. No, um, he's falling. Oh, he's falling. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Merrick also, Merrick also Merrick threw it on the podcast today that he thinks he got told by someone that uh, Rubik will throw a curveball and take Mitchkov. Yeah, I doubt it, but I doubt it be, too. But like, I was like, dude, that'd be nuts. That would be nuts. That'd be crazy. Um, kind of go, we'll go back to the we'll come back to the draft later, but I kind of want to go into the UFA goalie market finish up our our kind of our series i guess of this um it's a weird there's a lot of names on the ufa goalie market this year and i think like there's i mean there's a couple of names in the trading market too that the reddings could look at but i think if you don't want to spend assets i think you can get value in the ufa market this year for goalies um with considering what the big names in the trades like um it seems like the devils like in hellebuck might be something there i mean granted he wants a lot of money so maybe that doesn't work out. Um, you got Carter Hart that's on the market. John Gibson. There's a ton of names that like teams might be willing to fill their number one spots for. So you kind of look at you kind of shift your attention to the UFA. And I mean, Aiden Hill, he was a big name kind of heading in, but it seems like he wants to stay in Vegas. And I think it'd make a bunch of sense to him stay in Vegas. For sure. I mean, why, why mess with something? If you're going to get paid decent amount, just stay. Yeah, just stay. Especially if they have Logan Thompson. They have another. They have Logan Thompson for another two years at league minimum. Who's a pretty solid goalie. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like a couple names. And Robin Leonard. Well, yeah. If that's if he ends up playing again, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he might try just simply try to get paid because he's in pretty deep shit in terms of bankruptcy, reportedly. Um. Yeah. Who are kind of the names? you two are kind of looking at uh i'll start with you grant names like goalies you're kind of looking at uh i would say the two big ones for the two fins ranta and corpasalo um i think corpasalo is gonna have probably a bit of a bigger market and i think he's gonna make a decent chunk of change where ranta i think it's kind of uncertain i know it seems like Carolina's interested in bringing both back. Which I just doesn't think make sense s- to me. Something would have happened by now. I think they should ride out Piotr mm-hmm. and uh, one of the other ones. But I think they should try to resign Freddie and Piotr. Could mm-hmm. be their tandem. I love that name. 
Um, but I think I lean Ranta in this situation because I think you could probably get him at a two-year deal for pretty cheap. And I know he's on the older side. What is he? 33? 35? 33. 33. Brings him to 35 on a two-year deal. And you're probably not paying him that much. Somewhere between um, two, two to three. And that's a pretty darn good tandem between him and Hoos, I would say. Yeah. The only thing you have to worry about with Ranta is injury. And that's why you go get yeah. out, go get a pretty reliable third goalie. That is the thing. It's kind of the trend right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a tough sell to a really good thing. I, I wouldn't but... say it's necessarily the trend. I think a lot of teams that don't have a complete number one have a usual pretty good third. Right. I mean, you look at like Carolina right now, and granted one of them's really young, the third goalie is, but I mean, Florida, technically you had Lyon. I would say Seattle. I mean, they had two totally mediocre goalies and then a good third. Um, I look at Vegas had <laughs> eight goalies because of injuries. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you Vegas look at teams like every goal in the market. Toronto, they they're the most uncertain team in the world with goaltending. Um, there's a lot of teams that you just don't know. Like, who even knows who the third goalie is in Tampa Bay? Because you never see even you barely see Brian <laughs> Elliott. Yeah, um, Brian Elliott's always healthy because he never plays. Same with Winnipeg. Who's their third goalie? I have no idea. Don't care. I can't even think of their second goalie. Right? Is it? Uh... It was a big save, Dave. Oh my year. gosh, it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Train wreck. Um, yep. Like teams like that. I just, you don't hear much about a third goalie, even their backup goalie. Like you forget Brian Elliott even exists. I mean, you forget Yaro Halak exists in New York. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. He was also a free agent. Yeah, he'll probably come back. Yeah, I mean, might as well. Like, I how, see how old is he? He's thirty-seven, I think. Yeah, I was gonna but... say he's almost. He's pushing. He's old. Yeah, he's old. I saw a report somewhere that there was interest in both parties. Makes sense. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, yeah, good team. Gets to be in New York City. Could be worse. But anyway, for the Red Wings, yeah, Andy, who are you kind of looking at? It was pretty much the same. I mean, obviously the bigger name would be Corpusalo, but like realistically speaking, he I don't know if he wants to sign a goalie to that price range he'd be wanting for. So like I was thinking the same thing as like Ranta for a two year deal at three max roughly per. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I mean it's interesting. It's there's not much out there. Like there's there's a bit out there, but most of the bigger ones that would be like, oh, you have to get them would be, are via trade. The big so, thing is with Detroit, you can easily overpay for a guy like Ranta if you're signing him to a two-year deal. Like if you really yeah. want someone and yep. you like, especially a guy like that age, where Corpus Al is going to be a little bit more interesting because he might command more term and dollar amount. I have no idea what Corpus Al is going to end up getting. I just don't know how big the market is. Like I think, like, because yeah. it sounds like Buffalo, who I thought a team could be used, he they could be doing a goalie. Sounds like they're gonna run Ukupek Luke and, and Levi. Oh boy, hey. next year oh, it sounds like that's come what here, they Craig want. Craig Anderson, Uncle Craig, come, come <laughs> and because they also have Eric Comrie as their three, so it sounds yeah. like they're gonna do something like that. That's uh, really interesting. It is a little interesting. Ottawa is an interesting one. I think they probably look for a goalie, um, to play with Forsberg. Corpus uh, would be really interesting there because he I could kind of take that. He could kind of take the starters net and then yep. Forsberg is like a really good like one one B. B. I agree. Or solid. And they also B. have Madge Sogard, who I like, but he's still very young. He's young. You never know what you have. Yeah. Um. The Devils, I think, are looking for someone. Um. But like again, I think kind of sounds like they're gonna do the trade market thing because it sounds like Hellebuck may be a thing. But again, you know, worry about money. Um, again, you're kind of like going around the league. It's like there's not that many. I don't no, know. I know it's LA is going to be interesting to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, scarce market, you know. And then even throwing a guy like John Gibson. What's what's the plan with him? Yeah, I think like a big name too is like Tristan Jari. He's an interesting one to me of what happens there. 
I think he's a fine goalie when he's healthy, but it's just he's never healthy. He's never healthy. Like this year, he was basically a bandage. Yeah. He's, so. he's a lot like Freddie Anderson in that sense where he's always injured. I yes. think that's a really good comparison, actually. I agree. I think I agree. both are really good goalies when they're healthy. Yeah. Like healthy fully, fully healthy. healthy. Not like, yeah. not quote unquote healthy. Now tonight when you women go out there and play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, a couple of other names I'm kind of looking at, like two right. guys who were threes this year that I think could potentially be twos is Joey Decord and Alex Lyon. Yeah, I think both are interesting. I just think that's a bigger risk, especially with Huso as your starter. I think if you have a guy like Vasilevsky or Hellebuck as your starter, or like any of those top end goalies, it's less of a risk. And then it's more of an upside play. Like we could have a really, really good backup, or we have a guy that we're not wanting to put in the net. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, again, I kind of had that with Ned. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's why we I, just went through that. Yeah. I think ideally this year Detroit has has a tandem that like Huso's playing just under fifty games, and the other guy's playing the rest. Right. Yeah. You got one a one a one b situation. Split. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And where how you ever get that? So again, like if it's not Corpus because I think or Ranta, if those guys end up going, I think your best bet's honestly trade, and maybe that's what they do before the draft because like. I know one that's kind of popular is like the Dan Vladar trade, like on cap friendly. It seems to be like always to Detroit for like a third or fourth. That makes sense to me. I think that makes sense too. I just don't know what other teams would be trading for him really. Like what other teams do you look around and be like, okay, we want a a pretty solid goalie, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not many to look at and seeing Vladar's name written on him. Another one too, which I wonder on the price, and maybe this is like a LA fit, is Vimelka especially his hot um, comments on Arizona on that check podcast. I didn't even yeah. see those. I, I, oh, you didn't see that? Oh, he's... I think you sent him. I just didn't even read them. Basically, he said um, there was no sellouts last year, that all the tickets were comp. It was a shit place to play. And it was the same. It was not a good place to play. Dude, when players go back to their home countries, they don't give a shit from what they say. Yeah. Um, it's them. the best. What was it like a long time ago? It was Kucherov talked shit about Killorn in in the Russian papers? Really? Oh yeah, it was before they won the cups. It was a long time ago, and like ended up being a pretty big deal because obviously it gets back to the U.S. Like the was players, it just, like... they just he called them a shitty teammate, and they just didn't go along. Hmm. And obviously it didn't end up mattering because both players stayed and they won cups, and it doesn't seem like a big deal now. But very funny to think about. That's hilarious. It is very funny. That's um, why Kalorin's a UFA this year, and he's not yeah. coming back. Yeah, because Kucherov made comments about him. Vamelko would be really interesting, because like, what would a price on him be? And he's... I think it would be kind of high. So He's a really be. interesting goalie. Like, You don't know what you have there, because he's been in a shitty organization where either he's going to lose a game and have an 83 save percentage, or he has a nine seventy five, and they win two to one. Shots. Yeah, <laughs> forty shots. Yeah. Like I don't know how I feel about Malco. Like games I watch him, typically he's a stud. But I have watched about three games where I'm like, oh my gosh, get him off. You know, because yeah, oh, it's bound to happen like there. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, yeah, there's definitely a. There's definitely plenty of intrigue though. You know, what I mean, like I am. Sure. Yeah, there's so much this summer. I'm really liking. I'm really liking it so far. This next week, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I kind of wanted to kind of finish up on a Corey Promins mock draft. I know Grant, you kind of brought it to the table before. Um, we're planning to do like a mock draft like next week when we look at the draft as a whole, kind of give our projections of what's going to happen. But Corey Promins was a guy last year who um. Nailed the Uri Slav. I think he nailed one through four. I believe, right? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I think he was. If not, it was pretty damn close. If not, even one through five, he nailed. So I mean, he's a guy like that's pretty tapped in. It's not quite Bob McKenzie. Of course, Bob McKenzie's list comes out tomorrow, and that's usually what's most accurate to um, what actually happens on draft day. So that would be nice to look at. But again, that's fine. Um, I kind of, I kind of just want to look at Detroit's picks. 
again, it's behind a paywall, so I recommend people go read it. Corey Promen does really great work. Um, from the athletic, too. From the athletic, I should add. Also, if you wanted to read as well, if you're really into it, like uh, Max Boltman, Detroit, who covers the Red Wings from the athletic, did a really good, um, almost as a moderator for Scott Wheeler and Corey Pronman, a back and forth on prospects that they had rated differently. And there was a plenty of interesting stuff, especially for the Red Wings. Like a couple guys like Danielson, Hanzik, or guys who are kind of like in the realm of for the Red Wings, um, and kind of giving arguments there. I thought those were really intriguing. So um, make sure you check that out. But uh, kind of looking at the Red Wings, I mean, at number nine, they have he has um, Gabriel Perot mocked to Detroit. Um, definitely not one that like I immediately think of. I really like the player. I think he should go in this range, but he doesn't he doesn't scream Detroit pick for me. I don't know what your kind of thoughts on that one. I just think the upside is so big there on a guy like Perot. Obviously, like you said, it doesn't scream Detroit pick, but maybe this year it's not about screaming Detroit pick. I mean, you look at the roster, you don't really have anyone with the upside like that. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Most of your guys are pretty reliable offense or defensively, and they're like fine offensively, like with a decent amount of upside, but None of really, nobody really in the prospect pool screams offensive upside, right? I think Gabriel Perot screams offensive upside. I mean, just look at his stats this past year with the NTDP. Crazy. He would immediately become the prospect of the most upside in Detroit's system. Yes. What about me? Well, I know, yeah. I've seen your beer league stats. They're nuts. They're nuts. Um, I know he also adds that, like, he feels like a defenseman could be a possibility here too, like a Reinbacher, or if if he falls, or Willander, which I mean I agree with both those that would make sense, um, especially Willander, obviously being in the Rogla organization, it almost seems like it's a someone the Red Wings will draft someone from Rogla. Yeah, like, usually how that works. Who. It just depends who. Um, and then also at seventeen, which is uh, this is Grant's favorite pick for sure at seventeen, Daniil Boot. If Daniil Boot is there at 17 and the Red Wings pick him, I will be the happiest man on the planet. I love this player, and I think he's so fun to watch, and I think his upside is actually so good. Like, his frame, what is he's 6'5", right? He's 6'5", 180, so he's very thin. And he has some silky smooth hands, and his shot is really good. And he's a really good skater, too, for how big he is. I just think the whole package there is really, really good. Um, I'm really curious where he goes on draft day because I think he's a top 10 prospect. Yeah, you have him. Yeah, you're very high on him. I love me some Danil Boot. Yes. Tools wise. Huh? I was going to say, who do you guys have like in our pick range that fits the wings the most? So I mean, if we're going off this, if we're gonna go off this mock draft right here, like guys who I would think would be guys Detroit's looking at, like Willander, the right the right-handed defenseman from Rogla, um, Nate Danielson, he played for Brandon last year, center. Basically, if you mold Marco Casper into a right-handed center, kind of, you got part two this year. Um, Yeah, I would say like. A little a bit Dawson. different, but but again, I'd say like a little bit better comparison would be like a Dawson Mercer. Yeah, that's also fair compared to like Casper. And then also Samuel Hanzik is another one for me at Detroit. I'd either pick because he's kind of depending where you see him. He's a big six four winger. Um, played for the Vancouver Giants this year. Was an import guy. Um, was injured. Only was limited to forty six games, but put up re- or I think he played less than that. Actually, he was like thirty some. But he put up big numbers for Vancouver. I don't know. He played 46. He ended up with like 58 points or something like that. Yeah. It's but really Vancouver wasn't sure. that good. Um, He did really well. Very toolsy. I think people are underrating his ceiling. People kind of view him as like a Pavel Zaka type where I think he has more upside than that. And depending, I know he was, he interviewed with the Red Wings and called it his most interesting interview. At, at think, the at the combine. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something I, I don't know how much you want to read into it, but again, I think it's interesting to say the least. 
But those are kind of the guys I think of. Also, like Dmitry Simishev is screams Red Wings to me. Big defenseman who skates really, really well and has untapped offensive potential, in my opinion. Kind of another guy who I'd be like, hmm, interesting. I don't know about a nine, but definitely at 17. I think he should go around that nine area. Oh, I agree. Yeah, Simishev, I'm very high on Simishev, but I think he'll end up falling a little bit because the Russian factor. Unfairly or not. But those are the kind of guys I'm thinking of. Also, like Oliver Moore, if he was That's, a little yeah. bit, if he was a little bit bigger, I think play style wise very much fits the Red Wings. He's I mean he's like five ten, five eleven center, but dude absolutely yeah. motors. A guy guy at work is all over Oliver Moore if he were to be like an inch or two taller, just like at right now. Yeah. He's like he really likes him. I really like I I really like Moore too. Yeah. So, I mean all names again, there's plenty of names. I think there's probably like this is a, a draft where, like, at nine, they could say a, a, maybe a group of, like, seven or eight names, and I'd be like, this is awesome. Like, right. I'd be very happy. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about a lot of players. I think there's a lot of upside with a lot of these kids. Um, there's obviously my list of preferred picks, but I think either way you can find bright spots in every player. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um. I don't think I have anything else to add. I can kind of finish up there. Um, yeah, you guys have anything else? It's right. Nice to be back. Yeah, it's like riding a bike. Yeah, you fell sure. fell a couple times at the start, but yeah, I was gonna yeah, say the connect, connection, connection issues. Yeah, got, connection got issues. right back up, put those training wheels on, and Andy was ready to go. Yes, sir. Put a bandaid yes. on it. Yeah. But uh, we'll come to you. I think we're gonna come to you early next week. Uh, Probably with a mock draft, hopefully, maybe some trade news. Like, seems like this weekend might be just uh, the beginning of it. Some stuff maybe, happening in there. Maybe a weekend episode after the rank hitter connect me comes to. Or, or both. Or both. Ooh. There, Andy has. Ooh. Ooh. What a teaser. We end there. Or <laughs> both. Duh, duh, duh. But yeah, that'll do it for this one. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be sure to check out uh, productionlinepod.com. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at TPL pod. And yeah, thank you for listening.